Brain fog, insomnia, moodiness, weight gain. Maybe you think they're just part of getting older, but Midi Health understands that for women over 40, they can all connect to menopause. It's at the root of dozens of symptoms we experience, not just hot flashes. Midi clinicians are menopause experts offering safe, effective, FDA-approved solutions covered by insurance. 91% of Midi patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. Brain fog, insomnia, moodiness, achy joints, weight gain. Maybe you're thinking they're all just part of getting older. Or that's what your doctor tells you. But Midi Health understands that for women over 40, they can all be connected. Hormonal changes that happen during perimenopause and menopause are at the root of dozens of symptoms women experience, not just hot flashes. Midi specializes in compassionate care for women in menopause. Their solutions are safe, effective, and FDA-approved. Plus, they're covered by insurance. A convenient telehealth visit with a MIDI clinician can be your first step to getting personalized care. They'll tailor a treatment plan for your symptoms and health history, so you can get back to feeling great. 91% of MIDI patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. When your body changes, your care should too. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. That's joinmidi.com. Hi everyone, thanks so much for listening to another episode of Dogman Encounters Radio. I'm Vic Cundiff and I'll be your host for the show. Before we bring on tonight's guest, if you've had a Dogman Encounter and would like to speak with me about it, whether in private or on the show, please go to dogmanencounters.com and submit a report. I'd love to hear from you. If you've had a Sasquatch sighting and would like to be a guest on Bigfoot Eyewitness Radio, please go to bigfooteyewitness.com and submit a report. All right, let's bring on tonight's guest. Tonight's guest is Tex Wesson. Tex, welcome to the show. Thank you, Vic. It's an honor to be here. I've got mad respect for you. And I've listened to many, many of your shows. And I'm not a stranger to this, as you know, but it's been my experience that the more, not only that I can share my stuff, 
and it helps me, but it helps other people too. It, it, it tends to give them that little nudge that, that, that they might, you know, be hesitant to, to put their stuff out there. And that's the first step in dealing with an encounter. If you, if you've got, because it's so hard to get your mind wrapped around it and to accept it. But anyway, I really appreciate you having me on and, and I'm looking forward to this. Well, I'm tickled to death to have you on, so thank you for your time. Tex, please give us a brief bio on yourself. Well, I'm in Texas, of course. Born and bred in Texas. I'll be 54, and I've got a a great family, and they've always been supportive. And I'm a blue-collar worker, just do what I can to pay the bills. I've worked in the oil field. I've been a bouncer. I've been... um, actually made a living diving for a while and pretty much seen a, a big gambit of, of things and, and had a lot of experiences that I could almost scratch off my bucket list. But of course, the one we're, we're going to talk about tonight is not something that a lot of people want to scratch off their bucket list, don't even make it. You know, Tex, it's funny how a negative experience like the encounter you had can turn into a positive thing. You had that negative experience back when you were 16, and look at you now. You're helping dogmen eyewitnesses, so it sure is funny how things turn out in life. Yeah, it really is, and it's, I try to approach life in general that way, and and I don't know if that stems from this, you know, from, from maybe that's rooted in this encounter and, and the way I ended up dealing with it, um, turning a negative into a positive, um, but I try to stay pretty positive in life, you know, as far as life in general. And maybe that's, that's where this subconsciously, that's where this mentality, you know, started. Well, as you know, turning negatives into positives is what life is all about. So I'm just glad you're able to do that. Tex, we spoke at length yesterday about your encounter. What was it about our conversation that moved you most? It was when you told me that Part of it was when you said it wasn't your fault. That that really that really kind of punched me in the chest. And you're not responsible for this. And and they're not these evil things that are just lurking around every corner like a serial killer waiting to pounce. And I've always had that attitude, that that thought process, but I've never had it said to me. And I guess having something said back to you that you say to so many people, and it's like you, you told me the other day or yesterday, you know, it, it's it hit me that hard because it was the truth, you know, and I just never heard it vocalized, and that's what really stuck with me. I, I thought about it all night last night, you know, and it's like wow, you know, it's just amazing to be. To have the tables turned, you know, and how much it, it's something very, very simple. It was the the, the uh, seven magic words is what you called it. Yeah, well, you know how it is. When you have a super traumatic experience like the one you had, it's only human nature to be taken off your game the way that you were. So it all makes sense. You have your own YouTube channel and consequently speak with dogman eyewitnesses about their encounters like you just mentioned. Do you think you're more or less effective at helping them deal with their encounters because of the way you're still affected by the one that you had? Oh, I think definitely uh, more effective because 
you're not on the outside looking in. You're on the inside looking out with them. And it gives you that instant bond. And you can, I really don't want to say sympathize, maybe empathize with them. Um, and they, and they, they do the same with you. And you have that, that, that instant chemistry. If you met these people on the street, you may not even care for them. They may not even care for you, in particular as a person. You may not even get along. But for those moments that you're exploring each other's encounters together, it gives you common ground enough to really put all the rest of the stuff by the wayside. And it allows you to focus and you really you, you leave with some sort of bond that I think probably lasts for a long, long time. I think it, it definitely helps, you know, me help other people. What you just mentioned about that bond that's formed is one of the reasons why I try to put eyewitnesses who are really traumatized by their encounters still in touch with other eyewitnesses. That way they can compare notes and I think they can bond and both of them normally tend to grow from that experience. That's a good way to put it. And you, you do grow. And I know over the you know last few years that um, especially that I've really grown because not just me personally, but people around me, you know, have not only seen it, but the, I, I think they've, they've grown with me and it's really strange because you, you take something that, that you're told all your life is, is a myth or, you know, something that's just go bump in the night and, you know, or nothing more than a your figment of your imagination or, or whatever that you, you have to get your mind wrapped around and you have to, you have to reboot your, your thought process really. And there comes a time when you question your own sanity. Well, I did anyway. And I talking to most people, they, they do, they've done the same thing. And that's because these things, I mean, those of us that grew up, you know, watching, all these werewolf movies and stuff like this, that's the only thing that we had to latch onto and, and say, well, that's what I saw. And then you didn't see a werewolf, blah, 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 you know? So yeah, it's, it really, when, when you do get together with somebody and, and you do have, you know, we talk about those experiences that I think it takes a weight off of your chest. Brain fog, insomnia, moodiness, weight gain. Maybe you think they're just part of getting older, but Midi Health understands that for women over 40, they can all connect to menopause. It's at the root of dozens of symptoms we experience, not just hot flashes. Midi clinicians are menopause experts offering safe, effective, FDA-approved solutions covered by insurance. 91% of Midi patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. It's true that some things change as we get older. But if you're a woman over 40 and you're dealing with insomnia, brain fog, moodiness, and weight gain, you don't have to accept it as just another part of aging. And with Midi Health, you can get help and stop pushing through it alone. 
The experts at MIDI understand that all these symptoms can be connected to the hormonal changes that happen around menopause, and MIDI can help you feel more like yourself again. Many healthcare providers aren't trained to treat or even recognize menopause symptoms. MIDI clinicians are menopause experts. They're dedicated to providing safe, effective, FDA-approved solutions for dozens of hormonal symptoms, not just hot flashes. Most importantly, they're covered by insurance. 91% of MIDI patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. You deserve to feel great. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. That's joinmidi.com. Brain fog, insomnia, moodiness, weight gain. Maybe you think they're just part of getting older, but MIDI Health understands that for women over 40, they can all connect to menopause. It's at the root of dozens of symptoms we experience, not just hot flashes. MIDI clinicians are menopause experts offering safe, effective, FDA-approved solutions covered by insurance. 91% of MIDI patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. Emotionally, especially. You're a good man for helping these eyewitnesses the way you do. I'm impressed. All right, Tex, please tell us about your encounter now. Give us every last detail that comes to mind. Well, I need to start out by taking out the brush here and, and kind of penciling the landscape here. Because to understand, you know, what the encounter was all about, and everything, I think people really need to get it an image in their head of what the area was like, what, you know, the atmosphere was like. And before I do that, I want people to realize that I grew up hunting and fishing and, and trapping. And so I was well aware of, you know, what was in my surroundings. And this area that I grew up in, North Texas, there's places that are very heavily wooded. Um, we have a lot of, a lot of live oaks and, you know, um, mesquite and, uh, cedar are pretty much the most prevalent that we have. And, and they can get so thick and, and they get intertwined with great wild, wild mustang grapevines. And when, when you put that combination together and you don't groom anything, they get so entangled in everything that the, the game has, it's almost untouchable. If you don't know where you're going, how to get there, it's almost impassable. I mean, it almost becomes jungle-like, but just not with the ferns and everything. It's, you know, it, it's more, I don't even know how to explain that, but it is, it's jungle-like. It's so thick. The canopy becomes so thick, but there's also farmland. Now, you'll be right beside, you'll have an area of, you know, anywhere from one to a thousand acres that somebody has improved and, and they have in farmland. So you'll have those clear fields, but it right next to these almost impenetrable, you know, spots of woods. And I think that's really key because a lot of times, especially on these big ranches and these big farms where they're only utilizing part of the land as what, you know, for their cattle or, or for crops or, or horses or whatever that butts up right up to this, this, you know, this heavily wooded area. 
I think that gives these things access to domesticated stock. And I think that's why it's so prevalent because they have a place to go hide. You could get five feet from somebody in this stuff and, and you wouldn't even know you walked by them. So that's the kind of thing. And you're surrounded. It's out in the country. You're surrounded by nothing but dirt roads. One paved road that is a mile away from you and the other paved road is 10 miles away from you. And you got to travel dirt roads to get to either one. So that's the kind of area that I grew up in. And then the place where we actually lived was kind of down in the valley. It was a small valley, but it was a valley nonetheless. And the place that I hunted was, depending on what area you went to, if you're on the back of the place or the you know front of the place, you were a couple of miles from the house. So I was actually coming back from one of my favorite spots. And I was just about, I was walking up a white gravel road. And, and remember that we lived down in the valley. The time of day was, the sun was in the process of going down. Now, the sun was below the hill on the side of the valley, but not the actual horizon. So I had, there's plenty of daylight. Not to mention I was on a white gravel road. You take a white gravel road on a moonlit night, you got plenty of daylight anyway. But I'm just, I'm walking down this dirt road that bordered our place, and we had 20 acres. And our place was surrounded by a five strand barbed wire fence, which is about five feet high. So I was just about to take off, go through the fence, and make a beeline for the house, take the shortcut. And I had three dead rabbits hanging on my belt, a little 410 shotgun with me, but I didn't have any ammo. And Normally, I would try to have, you know, a couple of rounds with me just on the trip back. But this trip, I didn't. But I don't think it would have done me any good. But anyway, I was just about to jump the fence or go through the fence and make a beeline for the house. This thing burst out of the brush on my left side. And honestly, Vic, I don't know. And we'll get into this. I don't know why this creature acted the way it did. It behaved the way it did because it really didn't, even looking back on it years and years later, I don't see any reason for it. And this part of it doesn't make any sense to me. It burst out of the brush on the left side, ran across the road. Of course, in mid-stride, this thing growls at me. And then continues on. Now, when I see this thing, at the time, I guessed it was about six and a half feet tall. Not overly huge. But years later, I would come to think that it was it, it was actually about a foot taller. But um, when this thing comes bursting out of the brush, crosses the road in front of you, within 20 to 30 feet in front of you, Covered in black, I, I can't call it hair, I, I want to call it fur, but it was long fur. It was probably four to five inches long in spots, and longer in, in down its back. But it was pretty much black with hints of silver or gray. And if we start from the ground up, the only thing I remember about its feet is it was, they were odd looking. 
and its legs. They were odd looking, but they didn't have that dog leg configuration. It had hominoid looking legs. Now its feet were long. They were big, but it seemed to be up on its toes. I don't think it had true hawks. The thighs on this thing were just freaking massive going up and it was a male. There was no doubt about that. I won't go into detail, but the waist, it was built, the chest and the waist. This thing was, if you put a fur coat on Arnold Schwarzenegger, that's what you got. And just, just huge, deep chest and narrow hips and, and the arms. I mean, they, they were, they were massive. They were muscular, but they were, they were longer, but, it seemed like, I don't know, it seemed like the forearms were a little longer than you would think if it was, you know, somebody in a suit or whatever. Now, why somebody in a suit would be out in the middle of the country jumping out in front of somebody with a gun, I, I couldn't answer that question. But I have such a hard time explaining this because when I first saw it, I took it as, it looked to me, it looked like it had a mane coming down the back of its head, across its shoulders, and down its back. And that's where the hair was the longest. Years later, I would have somebody say, well, you sure it wasn't like a, you know, a muscle mass, like a, a grizzly hump? Or um, there for a while, I, I, I called it a hump like a bramer, almost like a bramer has, but it wasn't quite that distinctive. But at the time, I just, I thought it, I described it for years and years and years as having a mane. And the head, I know a lot of people see these things and, and they say the head was just huge. It was just out of proportion for the body, but this one wasn't. And I mean, it was, it was a big head. Don't get me wrong, but it didn't look odd like it didn't belong on the body. And I've heard that. And it wasn't wolf-like. It didn't have a, when I say it wasn't wolf-like, it what, it didn't have that long, narrow wolf-like snout. It had a shorter, broader snout, almost like a boxer or a mastiff, but a little bit longer. But it was, it was wide. It wasn't, it didn't come, you know, come to the point like a wolf's snout does. And the eyes, I know a lot of people, a lot of people talk about, I had yellow eyes, you know, red eyes. And I think personally what they were seeing, I've heard green eyes, you know, glowing green eyes, glowing red eyes, glowing yellow eyes. But I think what they were seeing is eye shine. Um, I don't think they were seeing the true color. Luckily, I had enough daylight and I was close enough. This thing had no different eyes than your dog has, these brown dog-like eyes. The ears were not set up on top of his head like you see depicted so much. They were laid back. But they were lower they were lower on the head. But they were laid back against its head. Much like a horse will do or a dog will do when they get agitated. Brain fog, insomnia, moodiness, weight gain. 
Maybe you think they're just part of getting older, but Midi Health understands that for women over 40, they can all connect to menopause. It's at the root of dozens of symptoms we experience, not just hot flashes. Midi clinicians are menopause experts offering safe, effective, FDA-approved solutions covered by insurance. 91% of Midi patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match, with Indeed. When I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. And the mouth, like I said, he growled at me or snarled at me, however you want to look at it. And that's part of what really, after I, you know, got to looking back on it years and years later and, and I would hear these people describe these things and, but what stood out to me is it had a black mottled mouth. And, and what I mean is you'll see certain dog breeds that have, they'll either have a solid black mouth or they'll have the pink and the, and the black mottled and, and splotched in, in their mouth and across their gums and their tongue even, you know. And that's what this thing had. And a lot of people, they talk about how, the teeth just didn't, they looked all kind of crazy and they were sticking out all over the place. And some people describe them as needle-like and, and all this kind of stuff. And, you know, it looked like it had nothing but a, a mouthful of canines, but not this one. It was, I mean, <laughs> I guess it's the same as seeing, you know, if you saw a shark open its mouth in front of you, you know, no matter how little the teeth were, they're going to look huge. They, this thing had big teeth, don't get me wrong, but I don't think they were in proportionate. They, it was just like, and they weren't all freaking canines. It was just like a normal dog's mouthful of teeth, which is frightening enough in, in its own right. But it growled at me, but it didn't, I didn't get the, I mean, don't get me wrong, I was, I was petrified, but I didn't get that sense of dread that so many people talk about. I was just, I was, I was startled. I was in shock and it never lost stride and it continued across the road. 
which it didn't take, you know, a couple of three steps. And then it went over the fence that I was fixing to go over to go home. Well, it went over the fence. It didn't, you know, hurdle the fence or, you know, jump the fence. It dove over it. And when it hit the ground on the other side, it went down to all fours. Now, a lot of people, they say when they witness these things go for either from all fours to bipedal or, or vice versa, that they hear a lot of bone and tendon cracking and popping. I never heard anything like that. It was a smooth transition. It just, I mean, it dove over the fence and just went down all fours, man, just like it did. It was made for it. And it went into the other side of this. Our fence was this field that I was fixing to cross into was covered in what we call down here love grass. And it gets pretty thick in the fields. And it'll grow up to about four feet high. And this thing went down to all fours and got down in that tall grass. And I saw the grass move, move, move for about. 10 or 15 yards and then it just stopped. It just quit, you know, not, not the animal didn't stop. I, I don't know. I don't know what happened. It just, I quit seeing the grass move. I lost track of it. Um, a friend of mine described it as, you know, I was telling him about it and he was, he says, you mean like you're watching the National Geographic channel and you see the big cats moving through the grass and you don't see really nothing but the grass move. I said, yeah, that's exactly. But it wasn't slow. It was fast. You know, he was skedaddling out of there. And, uh, at this point, I had two choices. I could follow him in this four-foot grass that I really didn't want to do, or I could take the long way home, which was probably a mile. If you go up this road, hit the end of our place, tee end of another road, take a right, and then take another right down our, our driveway, which is on the opposite side from where I was. But my thought process, and it was so quick, it takes so long to explain, but it happened in a split second that, well, I'm not going to fall him in the grass. I'm taking a long way home, and possibly if he decides to make a run at me, I've got nothing but a three-foot club, but at least I'll have a chance, you know, take a swing at him. I have a fighting chance, you know, and so that's what I did. The Walk home is a complete blur. I really, I really can't pick out anything that stands out. But when I got home, and like I said, I, I, we lived out in the country, and, and I mean, we were just plain country folks. So guns in the house were pretty prevalent. But the one rule that mom had was you don't bring your guns in the kitchen. And... Because the kitchen table, the dinner table, it was all one thing to us. It was a place for gathering and a place for, you know, communication for the family and everything. So it was kind of a, <laughs> kind of our own little version of church, I guess. But anyway, I walked in the door and I, I pretty much collapsed in the chair and I put my gun on the kitchen table. Now, my mom's in the kitchen. I don't remember exactly what she was doing. She was, I don't know, doing dishes. She was cooking. She was doing something. And she turned around, and I, she was going to scold me, you know. And when she saw me, she says, oh, my God, what's wrong with you? You're white as a ghost. And this part is pretty much secondhand information to me because 
I don't remember it. But, you know, her and my sister told me this after the fact, that it took them, and my sister lived next door to us. We lived on the same property. She just lived next door to us. Now, she called my sister, and my sister came over, and it took them, they said about 45 minutes or an hour to calm me down enough where I could touch, where I could even speak. And when I did, and I told them what happened, they tried to convince me that it was some homeless man or a hobo or somebody that had ran out and just scared me and, you know, my imagination took over. You know, I didn't really see what I thought I saw. And it wasn't until years after me sticking to my guns and being questioned about it that they finally came to realize, well, I guess he did see something that, that he couldn't explain really, you know. It's, it's, but, I mean, even, you know, today, when I go visit my sister that still is out on the old family place, you know, and I'll inherently ask her, you know, if it's, it's we, we laugh about it now because I've gotten to that point that, you know, you know, you haven't, you know, heard or seen, you know, and, but anyway, after the encounter, and you really have to remember that me going as a teenager, me going out hunting and fishing and camping, I would go out for days by myself, throw the tent and sleeping bag and a couple of cans of beans and off I went, you know. I couldn't do that anymore. I, I didn't feel safe. And I didn't, really didn't leave leave the general area or area of the house unless I absolutely had to. But I think I had a false sense of security because, you know, that's home and it's kind of like pulling the blankets over your head, you know, but about six months went by and I got to feeling mad. I was angry because I felt like I was being bullied. I, I can't stand bullies. As, one of the few things in this life that I just cannot tolerate. And I felt, that's what I felt like. I felt like I was being bullied. And I finally got mad enough to where I just, I felt I had enough and I was going to go confront my fears. And I started going back out again. Now I didn't go, I didn't venture out for, you know, I didn't stay gone for a couple of days my first time out. It was, it was, it was in steps, you know, and I'd go out a little further and go out a little further, go out a little further. And then, you know, maybe spend the night and, you know, stuff like that. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. When I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, 
according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered chumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. And after a while, you know, I was able to just kind of push it to the back of my mind because I don't think if I was able to push it to the back of my mind, I'd have never got out of the, I'd have never crossed the fence again. But that's the first time that I believe I encountered this thing. And I said, well, the first time I encountered it, I think I encountered it once after this, but I think it was in the area a long time before. Now, the reason I say that is because, I don't know, I guess it was a year later. I was back on my game, and, and I was, you know, doing the things I loved again. I was going back out like I used to. And I was going into this area that I'd always hunted. And I'll tell you about this place. It's, it's really it's really a cool place because this man owned this place, and he had a couple of thousand acres. Well, he had part of it developed into a hayfield, and part of it he just left alone, and it was divided by a fence, a little barbed wire fence. And back then, and out there where I grew up, one, out of respect, you went and asked permission to go be on this people's property and told them what, exactly what you were going to do, and you cleaned up your mess and all that kind of stuff. But on the other side of that, you were also kind of their eyes and ears of the places that they normally didn't see of their places. So if there was a problem that you couldn't take care of, like a little down fence or whatever, you could at least tell them about it, and that way they could take care of it. And a lot of times you ended up helping them do it. You know? Well, this place that I went, there was a big deadfall that had fallen across the barbed wire fence. And I had told the guy about it. And I mean, it was too big for me to move by myself. So, and he didn't, it really wasn't no big concern to him, I guess, because I don't think he ever fixed it. But anyway, I was headed back out and I was just about what I did. I was just, I'd run up this tree and jump over on the other side and I was in the woods. And I was just about to run up this tree and I heard something walking in, in the trees in, in the woods in front of me. And there was a set of twins that lived on the other side of this place that they hunted this place too. And I was friends with them. And I thought, well, you know, it's one of them walking around or both of them walking around. But it sounded like it was only one of them. And when you're in the woods enough, 
you can distinguish between what's walking on two legs, what's walking on four legs, what's walking on four legs, but its belly's dragging the ground, that type of thing. So I knew whatever it was, was walking on two legs. So I figured it was one of those, one of the twins. So I hollered out, you know, hey, is that one of y'all? And it stopped. And I said, hey, if that's one of y'all, you know, give me a shout, let me know. And it just like shifted its weight. So about this time, I start having flashbacks of what I had ran into. I said, look, and I go, I'm getting scared. And I've got my, I, I'm, I'm fully loaded, you know. And I said, look, I said, if that's one of y'all, tell me or I'm going to shoot. And it just shifted its weight again. So I fired a round off up in the air. And this thing came crashing through the trees. I mean, it sounded, there was, it was just crazy. I, just chaos is the only thing I could, way I can explain it. It was just, it's like everything happening at once. Just branches crashing and breaking and smashing and big footfalls hitting the ground. And I didn't even wait. I'm, You hear people talk about the fight or flight. Well, the flight definitely just took over. I turned around, tucked tail, and I ran. And I never slowed down. And it was almost two miles back to the house. I never slowed down, never looked back. If this thing was behind me and fixing to snatch me up, I didn't want to know. And once I took off running, I don't remember hearing anything behind me. Now, after I got back, it took me a while, but it didn't take me as long as I did the first time to get back out because I wasn't going to let it do that to me. And I, I begin to think, I begin to rationalize, try to rationalize and try to figure out what this thing was and what it wanted and, and, you know, where it came from and just the questions were endless. But one thing I did determine or theorize or, come to the conclusion, however you want to put it, was this thing had two chances that I know of to do what it wanted to, to me. And it didn't. It didn't hurt me. Scared the bejesus out of me. But it didn't hurt me. So, with that rationale going on, I started going out again, and I never had another experience. Now, if you fast forward, to just not too long ago, a few years ago. Well, I guess it's been about four years ago. And at that point, you know, back in that day, you didn't, we didn't have anything. I'd never even heard the term dog man, you know? I don't even know if it had been coined by then. Honestly, I have no idea. All I knew to call it was a freaking werewolf. But, if you fast forward up to, you know, a few years ago, I started looking at stuff. And I found out there's actually people talking about this out in the open. And I reached out to somebody and ended up giving her, my, you know, my encounter and everything. And, and we really got to breaking down and everything. And she started asking me questions, Danielle. I'd never even thought about. She'd had me questions that made me think about stuff that had happened, 
that I never added up. I never put two and two together. I never connected the dots. About a year before I saw this dog man, we had a dog get killed. And you live out in the country, that happens. You know, dogs die. Animals die. This circle of life, you just have to deal with it. You know, sometimes you have to put them down yourself. But this one was different. He just disappeared. And we found him when he started smelling. And we found him laid up underneath the house. And, of course, you know, I was the one who had to go get him. But uh, when I drug him out, it looked like, I think it looked like somebody had held him up by his two front legs and just gutted him. It just ripped him apart. Just, I mean, it was, it was horrible. And my dad, you know, I was like, what? what did that happen? Well, he probably got into it with a bobcat and he crawled underneath there and died. Okay. Now, you have to remember, this was about a year before I saw or knew anything what was going on. So I accepted that. You know, hey, dad knows what he's talking about. But it wasn't until years later, after everything had happened, that she jogged that memory and, and I thought, well, this happened. And that's when I learned that these creatures, for some reason, I don't know why. Now, I don't think, well, I don't know if we'll ever know why. But when they have an annoying dog or something they see as a threat on a property that they are around, they have a tendency, if they kill them, they have a tendency to throw them up under a structure. I'm like, well, that's odd, but okay. So that explained that. Well, then she started asking me, do we ever have any other animals killed and stuff? I said, well, we didn't, but, you know, we would hear about the ranches and stuff because everybody talks. And we would hear about other ranches, other farms and other places in that area that would have a calf come up, be all tore up or go missing. You know, the same with a foal, you know, a young colt. Um, or, you know, chickens start disappearing, door being ripped off the, you know, the chicken house and stuff like that, you know. And she goes, well, you know, he was probably in the area a lot longer than you realize. She goes, did you ever find anything strange? I said, well, I said, the place that was next to the place that I hunted, that had a pond over there, I liked fish, had a pasture behind it. And the, the people that owned it, had horses, not a lot, just a few horses. And then they moved off and everything, and that's kind of started going around, going fishing and stuff. And uh, I was walking around out in the field and found almost a fully intact horse skeleton. It was, I mean, bleached bones all nine yards. But it wasn't scattered to the four winds like any other dead animal would be once the scavengers got a hold of it. Because it doesn't take long for something dead in the woods to totally disappear. Um, that's why you don't find a whole lot. And when you do, you find pieces here and pieces there. And of course, that's a whole other topic of why we don't find bones of these creatures. But for the most part, the skeleton was pretty much untouched and intact. I mean, you could see that there was a horse skeleton laying there. It was, I mean, it was that, that laid out, you know. And at that point, I just thought it was cool because I grabbed the skull and put it in the rock garden at the house, you know. 
I didn't think anything different. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform, with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. But when she started asking all this stuff and I start, and she goes, that was probably one of his kills. And it was his scent on it that made the predators and scavengers leave it alone. And that's why the bones weren't scattered like they normally are. You know, because I'd have been lucky to find a, a leg bone or something, or a rib bone, or, you know, something like that, or if it had been anything else. And that's when I really started connecting all these dots. And I'm like, golly, this thing was around for a long, long time. And that just enforced what I've come to rationalize in, in my mind and what allowed me to start going back out again was that. Not only did this thing have two chances that I know of to get at me and kill me if it wanted to, that it probably had a lot more. And I, and being on, in those thick woods as much as I was, there's no doubt in my mind that I've walked past this thing probably a hundred times and, and I never even knew it. He probably watched me camp out there for who knows how long. So I just, I believe that. These things aren't inherently evil. They're not waiting around every tree waiting to pounce. I, I believe there's there there are bad encounters, but they're very rare. And I don't think that all the what people call aggressive encounters are actually a, the creature being aggressive. I think it's if you get growled at, if you get stuff thrown at you, if you get bluff charged, that's this creature trying to, in its own way, save your life, telling you to get away, leave it alone. 
I don't think it's an aggressive nature. It's just, a, it's just, they're a wild animal. And, and I just think that's how they're, that's their way. Yeah, like you said, I'm sure it watched you more times than you cared to know about. So, that says a lot about its intentions. Did you hold any content for your mom and sister for not believing you saw what you told them you had seen? No, because after a while, you know, like I said, it, it, when I stuck to my guns, they just, well, you know, I don't know what you saw, but we're not, we're not going to say you're lying, you know. And it was just because they, they weren't malicious about it. They weren't mean about it. They were just trying to calm me down, you know, and give me something other than a monster to you know, be in my head that I encountered, you know, because they didn't want me to be scared to go out any more than they wanted to be scared to go out. I mean, you know, I, I can't imagine if they had actually thought that this thing was around, how, how would it make them feel? How safe would it make them feel? I think almost in their mind, they were, I think they were trying to convince themselves as much as they were trying to convince me. Does that make sense? Yeah, that does make sense. You told us about how you used to hunt and trap on your neighbor's properties. Did any of them ever give you the impression that they might have had encounters of their own as well? No, we never really talked about that kind of stuff. It was, I mean, we would get reports of, and he, I mean, you hear, you know, weird things, and but, you know, it was always, it got, always got wrote off to, oh, somebody had a wolf hybrid pup or, or somebody saw trash or got something tore up. It was the big cat in the area because we would have the, very rare occasion where a big cat would make it through the area. So it always got kind of wrote off as that. Nobody ever said anything about seeing anything like that, anything like I had. I, I think if they did, they probably did. But if they did, they weren't going to say anything. Oh, sure. Yeah. For all you know, every one of your neighbors might have had an encounter. And like you said, they probably wouldn't have said a word. So that makes sense. You also told us about the second encounter you had. How sure are you, or aren't you, that it actually was a dog man that you encountered that day? You know, of course, looking back on it now, given the area and how close it was to, to my first encounter, which was, I don't know, less than a mile, maybe a mile, and everything that had happened around the area, looking back on it, I'm pretty sure it was the same thing that I saw. If it wasn't the same one, it was another one. I'm pretty sure it was the same one. Yeah, you're probably right. You've had encounters with Sasquatch as well, and because of that, you're going to be coming on this Tuesday night's episode of Bigfoot Eyewitness Radio to tell us about them. If anyone listening to tonight's show would like to listen to Tex talk about those encounters, all you've got to do to listen is to go to BigfootEyewitness.com forward slash podcast and you'll find all the links and all the instructions there but having said that you obviously research sasquatch text but do you ever research dogmen as well i would like to um in the area that i research there have been sightings there have been encounters but none that i know of now there's been now i've encountered things that i can't identify so it could have it could have been a dogman, could have been a Sasquatch. I don't know, but I haven't had the opportunity yet to go into an area where there hasn't been any Sasquatch encounters, but there's been dogman encounters. And 
actively researched for them. I mean, they're always on the list because when you're honestly, when you're out researching, you can't research for just one because they're reported to be in the same area so much that you have to prepare yourself to encounter both. So I know this is going to sound crazy, but I would love to see another one. And I think probably the reason would be more to (laughs) just to for verification, I think, you know, from what I first saw when I was 16. You know, being a grown man, I've had Sasquatch encounters. You know, I've seen one broad daylight. It's, but, you know, I don't want, I won't spoil that, but I do have plans to go in some areas that are, that they are supposedly real prevalent. So I will be having those opportunities coming up in the future and I'm looking forward to it. But I did have an encounter in my research area that I believe just gut feeling that, uh, there was a dogman present because the atmosphere totally changed into something different than I've ever experienced in there. And I don't know if it's just because I, I you know, I've, I've had my dogman encounter or not, but that's just the kind of the feeling that I got that one was in the area. Now I'm not, I don't, I'm not telling you I'm psychic or anything like that, but researchers as well as hunters or, or anything, even if you take it out of the country aspect of it, the woods aspect of it, even in urban environments, I think one has to develop a, a, a sense of their surroundings. It's just survival. You know, you keep your head on the swivel and you get into a situation where you get a different vibe than you ever have at a place, you know, and it's, it's, it's trusting your gut. That's the best way I know how to put it. And, but that's just the feeling I got that one particular time when I was in the research area. And I almost left, but I didn't. And it lasted for, I don't know, probably 30, 45 minutes, and then the feeling went away. I hate to describe it like this, but it was a it was a, a darker atmosphere, a darker feeling that came over, you know. And or um, I, you know what? Ominous, I guess, would be a better way to put it. Ominous would probably be a better way to put it. But that's the only time so far that I think, yeah, maybe one had been in the area down there. Well, I always tell people to listen to their instincts, so I'm glad you did. You've got your own YouTube channel, which is titled Trinity Paracrypted Research. Please tell us about it. Well, you know, I started it, I was on the BDRP for the and BDRP, that's the uh, Bigfoot Dogman Research Project. Um, I was I was with him for a couple of years, and and I started wanting to do my kind of, my own thing. And he really inspired me to. But uh, and so did Daniel Stedman. Both of those those people, they're, they're great people. Her and her and DDoS both, and. I wanted to get out there and I wanted to be able to help people, you know, a lot like you do. I'm not, I'm not even the same league as you are, but you know, it's, you're, you're, you're the old pro, you know, you're the grizzled veteran of us, you know? 
As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform, with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. But it gives me that chance to to interact with people and, and, and if they've had a traumatic experience, you know, to help them and, or try to, you know, um, just by sharing each other's encounters. But that's really the, the core reason I started it. And then it kind of just snowballed into what I'm doing. You know, I'm, I do the live shows on Mondays and, and my research is out there. But I, I don't put up just hours of just me walking through the woods, you know. Um, I'm only going to put up if something's there that, you know, I, I find interesting. So when you go to research and it's, you may be out there for 48, 72 hours or whatever, you know, a week or whatever, but you may only come back with about 30 minutes of footage that can, you know, actually is worth putting up. But then I found myself getting into other areas of stuff. You know, I was so interested in the paranormal and Dogman and Bigfoot and this and that. And it also gives me the creative freedom freedom to do whatever I want to do because, you know, it's, and it, well, I can't really call it my channel. I put together a, just a Cracker Jack team and, if it wasn't for them, we, we wouldn't be where we are today. And, and we're not a huge channel, but I mean, we're, we're very, very small, but we are putting out some really good stuff. And I think, and I'm proud of it. You should be proud of it because you do such a good job. If the listeners can only check out one of your videos, text, which one would you recommend they watch? Well, it depends if they want to check out a live show or if they want to check out some research, there's, there's a couple of, of videos up there that when I'm out there, 
And I don't know what this was, but uh, I'm just getting ready, getting my gear ready at the, at the truck. And I believe it's called Brown Spring Cemetery at the Witching Hour. And I waited till three o'clock in the morning, you know, and, and I believe it was almost a full moon and I went up there. And about the first four or five minutes, I think, if I remember right, of the, the footage, you can hear something growling in the background. And the thing about it is, I never heard this when I was there. I didn't hear it until I played it back. And there's audio of another trip that I went on, and I get a couple of whoops and when I get up to the end of the trail, I catch some eye shine and I decided it moves and I couldn't tell if it was, if it stood up when it was moving forward or it just moved forward. But I decided it was a uh, time for a strategic retreat at that point. <laughs> but, uh, cause I was about, I, I do most of my research alone and I do most of it at night. And uh, I don't go armed, which uh, I get slapped on the wrist a lot of times for that from a lot of people. But I don't worry about dogmen. I don't worry about Bigfoot when I go out as far as getting hurt. It's pigs that we have to worry about down here. Those are the most vicious things you got out there, you know, because we don't have bears down here. But I, I would suggest those two as far as the research goes. If you want to, if you wanted to check out some and hear some people talk and, and uh, discuss the topic and everything. Of course, the ones with Kerry Arnold from Bigfoot Odyssey, interview Cliff Barackman from Finding Bigfoot, Lyle Blackburn, you know, just take your pick. Um, Shelly Covington, Montana. So those are all really, really good shows. And, and there's a lot of, a lot of shows out there that, that, and I'm sorry, I, I know you asked me to pick one, but I just, I just can't. I mean, there's so much stuff that I'm so proud of and got so much, you know, information from these people that have been in this field a lot longer than I have. And I think people really enjoy it no matter what they click on. Because I, I, I don't interview just these, you know, well, what was, what was called the big guns <laughs> the other day. And, and by the way, you're, you're among those, but, the small independent researchers too that have had and people that have had their own encounters. I've got those on there too, but just check out Texas front, any Texas front porch. And I think they'll enjoy it. And I will say this, I will say this. My channel is 18 and up because I have done some research on some serial killer stuff and that stuff's not meant for young years. And I don't candy coat it. So it can be a little rough around the edges. And if you're going to allow your kids to listen to this stuff, please listen to it first. Now, on my live shows, we're not just a bunch of rednecks. We don't sit around and, and you know, cuss and carry on. That's not what I'm worried about. The live shows are great, but the other content you really, really need to please, please the, the serial killer stuff, not, not the rest of it. It's fine, but there are stuff, there is stuff on there that I don't think is for young years and I have age restricted it. So I just want to put that out there. I don't, I don't, I don't want people to see 18 and older. So, oh, well, this guy just cusses and carries on and you know, all kinds of stuff that that's not what that's about. 
So I just needed to put that out there. Well, when you have me on your show as a guest in March, maybe I'll act like a redneck and cuss and carry on. How about that? <laughs> <laughs> well, that's going to, you're going to, you're going to, if you want to pull the curtain back, <laughs> but, uh, it, uh, yeah. And, and that's the thing about it is I don't edit my live shows. I don't, I don't beep anything out. So if somebody slips up, it's there, <laughs> you know, um, and I'm, I'm sorry, but I, luckily we've never had the, uh, you know, that, that problem. So everybody's very respectful, including the audience. And I've got great moderators and they keep everybody in check. And so, man, and that's number one thing on my, on my channel is respect. And, and text 2517 says, Comment unto others as you have them comment unto you. <laughs> so, <laughs> that's, um, but yeah, we, we keep everything very respectful and, and, and it, you know, it's not just a bunch of Joe Schmoes out there just raising. It's just not, you know, I, I don't think it's appropriate. It is a good channel and I can understand why you have so much trouble picking one video as a favorite. That's no different than asking a parent to pick a favorite kid. So I get it. Well, I appreciate that. Well, that's just how it is. That's how it is. Tex, how can an eyewitness who wants to contact you do that? There's several ways, actually. We, we have an email set up, and it's uh, paracryptedencounters at gmail.com. And we have... Another, there's a Yahoo email that you can reach us on that is trinity.encounters at yahoo.com. And there's also a phone number. It's 972-559-0988. Now, that is not man 24-7. Um, but if you, if you call or you can text, doesn't matter. Um, but if you don't get a hold of us, just leave us a short voicemail. You know, and we'll get back in touch with you. If you want text, I could give them all your home phone number right now as well. <laughs> what do you think? Uh, you know what? We'll wait on that. <laughs> <laughs> no, I understand. <laughs> <laughs> well, before we get out of here, text, do you have any closing comments you'd like to share? You know, I do. And it's nothing that you haven't said before. And I just want to reiterate these things are not these evil entities that are just waiting behind every bush to kill you. That being said, they are wild animals and they need to be treated with respect. And you have to remember that when, if you go out and you actively research these things or not, I'm not going to limit this to these creatures. This is wildlife in general. You're in their house. Would you like it if somebody walked in your front door without knocking and threw a bunch of trash on the ground or tore a bunch of stuff up or just sit down and had a party in the middle of your room floor? I don't think so. So treat them and their house like you would want somebody to treat your home. And I think you'll be okay. Go out, enjoy nature. That's what these things are. They're a part of nature. And I know... I'm going to get hammered because a lot of people don't, they don't agree with that statement. And that's fine. They're, they're, 
They're totally entitled to their opinion, and I respect that opinion, and I might be totally off base. The thing is, we don't know. And anything that is, anything that you don't know about, that you don't have all the facts on, be cautious. And be respectful of that fact. These things are powerful animals. They're unpredictable. But they're not bloodthirsty killers either. So please take that in mind. And if you encounter one of these, please reach out to Vic or somebody like myself. There's plenty of us out there that will give you a platform, an avenue to try and deal with these encounters. And don't think, and I know Vic's the same way. Don't think just because you contact us, you're going to be on air. That's not how it works. We're there. Number one reason is to help you. If it's just lending you an ear or a shoulder, you know, to help you get deal with these encounters, I'm not going to call it getting past it because it's going to be with you the rest of your life, but to help you deal with it. That's what we're here for. And that's our main goal. So, Please don't think that you're automatically have to go on air if you reach out to any of us, because that's just not how we work. Well, that's all very well said. Having said that, Tex, I want to thank you so much for coming on and sharing those experiences with us. I really appreciate it. Vic, I really appreciate you having me on. It was an honor. Oh, likewise. Thanks again so much. Have a great night. If you've had a dogman encounter of your own and would like to speak with me, whether in private or on the show, please go to dogmanencounters.com and submit a report. I'd love to hear from you. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform, with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. 
I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. 